just keep in mind, we're a byproduct of 1871 and losing our sovereignty. Without going into all of that, the main reason we lost our sovereignty was because of the Treaty of Washington of 1871, which put us under the control of the City of London and the Vatican Bank. The agreement that we had to make was that the U.S. would be the military arm, the City of London the financial arm, and the Vatican the bank. Because all three, the District of Columbia, the City of London, and the Vatican City are states unto themselves. They are sovereign entities unto themselves. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. That was Dr. Jan Helper Hayes, and she's here with the goods about the stolen election, the deep state, and how to take our nation back. Hey friends, welcome back. Thank you so very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report here. Guys, again, apologies about the microphone situation, but uh, we'll get that figured out soon enough. Guys, we're going to wade into the deep end here with Dr. Jan Helper Hayes. She has been a corporate psychologist who became a political psychologist, and you can find her work over at drjansubstack.com. She's known as the Patriot Shrink. Now, Dr. Helper exploded onto the scene when she went public with what she says is the truth about the stolen 2020 election, which will shock the world because they have it all. Now, recently, she retweeted the sentiment that blaming Zionism is not blaming Jews, and Zionism is not Judaism, which I very much concur with. Dr. Jan joins us right now. How are you, Doc? Oh, Sean, it's great to be with you. You've been my saving grace since November 3rd, 2020. Me? No. How could I be your saving grace? Well, because I turned off Fox. And I had no idea about all of these podcasts or the truther movement or anything. And uh, a lovely Scottish man um, who follows me on the radio because I've been talking about Trump and Republican politics since 2015, 2016, uh, invited me into his private LinkedIn group. Then he got kicked off LinkedIn and he said, you need to go to SGT and, and we know. And that became my saving grace. Well, God bless you for saying that. Uh, we respect LT's work over at And We Know. I don't know him personally. We've exchanged a couple of emails. I know his heart is in the right place. And uh, I think to be candid, he's a bit more optimistic than I am in his presentation. So I enjoy getting his uh, purview on uh, all things political. Uh, and one thing I do want to note, is lately you've become a bit of a lightning rod and I don't want to get into the mud throwing. Okay. That is not the purpose of having you on, but I know that uh, shady groove and others believe that perhaps you are something of a Tavistock style psyop asset. And we can address that because, you know, I don't know you any better than I know LT, but I know that your heart is in the right place as is his. And I know that the 2020 election was rigged and stolen as do you, as does LT, as does Mike Adams, as does Alex Jones, as does Donald J. Trump. And thank God Donald Trump is willing to say it. He's not going to be gagged by any judge. He's going to continue to tell the American people the truth. There was a hijacking of our Republic on November third, 2020. And we'll talk about Brett Baer at Fox News. That's probably why you turned off Fox News, as did I. Thank God Donald J. Trump will tell the truth to the world. Exactly. And the reason he keeps telling the truth, and if you look at what happened because he's telling the truth, we all got off of our bottoms and realized we were sitting there expecting our politicians to take care of us. And we realized they weren't. They were taking care of themselves. And if we didn't get involved, then we weren't going to be able to change things. And you look at how the movements have happened, and it's fabulous. I'm very hopeful, but I'm extremely concerned. We can talk about what's happening in Israel right now as they lay waste to Gaza. We can talk about the fact that uh, what the powers that be wanted. But I want to talk first about how bad things have gotten in the United States since Banana Joe took office. I wrongly said, 
I firmly believed, and this is prior to January 6th, that the military, the DOD, uh, the Pentagon, I guess, maybe I'm naive, would not let Joe Biden get sworn in because he is a national security threat by virtue of the fact that he's in the pocket of the World Economic Forum. But I was wrong. They swore him in. Now, you say the powers that be have the goods on the stolen election. They have all of it. When yeah. is this information going to come out? It's We're running out of time, Dr. Jan. Okay. First off, we're not running out of time. And I'll go into that in a bit. But let's let's back up a minute. And that is that we all thought because some people who claim to be in the know said there were going to be massive arrests at the inauguration, if not before. I've come to learn that that was a false flag and we couldn't be clued in because the bad guys needed to think that was going to happen. It was never going to happen. The fact is, if we go back to his executive order of 13848, National Emergency, Foreign Interference in Our Elections, how did he know on September 18th, uh, September 12th, 2018, to refer to future fraud for the 2020 election? It is because the fact is that the military had actually wanted to take Obama out. They convinced Trump to run. Once they knew they had Trump, then what they did was that they made sure for 2016 that any effort to cheat, because we know they've been cheating forever and ever, any effort to cheat was thwarted. And that the Clinton campaign never expected Trump to get as many legitimate votes as he received in 2016. And that was the first step. You know, the other thing is that when people accuse Trump of losing during the midterms, you know, uh, not only 2018, 2022, no. Uh, now, I wish I knew this before 2022 because I was one of the many victims of hopium that thought, okay, we know 2020 was stolen. You know, we've got all that. So, 2022 is going to be okay. No, they needed to expose the low-hanging fruit. So, and and I only found that out months after, because I will tell you, just as depressed as I was after 2020, I was as depressed after 2022, having that hopeless feeling. But one of the things that I repeatedly say, and I'd really like to say it here, is how I got myself out of the hopium. I realized that because of the information I took in, I had all these expectations, just like we thought people were going to get arrested. They either weren't going to let Joe Biden get inaugurated or right after they were going to swarm in because the military was supposed to take over, etc., and I realized that the script I have in my head and how I hoped it would play out is different from your script, from anyone else's script. Yes, we might have gotten the same tidbits of information, but then we envisioned it in a different way. And I realized that holding on to an expectation was actually bringing me down. And then since my work with the DOD, I've really been studying that of how that is a serious problem for any of us that hold these expectations, because you have to think of it as you've written a script in your head. You've imagined it coming a certain way, but unless everyone else gets that same script, it's not going to happen that way. And so we have to let go of our expectations and we have to look at reality on a daily basis and we have to connect the dots. And that, frankly, is 
what has helped me be optimistic ever since. Well, then let's just go back in time to the evening of the election. And I mentioned Brett Baer, who I firmly believe is a CIA mockingbird asset. Certainly the way he behaved that night and the way Fox News behaved that night, they called Arizona far too early. And the whole night began to change around 8 p.m. Central. And it changed quickly. And then around the country, they started to shut down the voting, we were told, at like 1030 Central, 11 o'clock at night. And then the hockey stick happened with all the ballot dumps in the middle of the night as Banana Joe stole the election and the coup took place right in front of everybody's eyes, at least those who hadn't gone to sleep. We wake up in the morning and we find, oh, everything's changed. Now Biden is going to win this thing. And Fox News is in the pocket of the Biden administration. This is my opinion. So from that very moment, we knew we had a giant problem. A coup had occurred. So can you update the script for us now? What is the script now? At what point are these traitors brought to justice? Well, that's a big question. No one knows except for the military that are read into the PEDS, the presidential uh, documents, and um, there are seven that are non-military within that inner circle who have specific roles that also know what's going on. But one of the things that I have said from the very beginning to people is you need to read, it. it is a fiction book, but there is a non-fiction story within the fiction. You need to read Double Crossfire by retired Brigadier General A.J. Tata, double crossfire, and that he was number three in charge of planning at the DOD in the Trump administration last years. And the book came out in 2019, but he has been he's been in the military and he's exceedingly well connected. And I think it was his 15th novel. He's got the 16th coming out now. But if you want to understand the machinations that go on behind the scenes and you want to see an incredible outcome that has similarities to what we're hoping for and, and his his antagonist is a woman who becomes a senator. We're not quite sure if he likened her to Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton, but she was running for president and is determined to kill the president, the vice president, and the speaker of the house so she can move into the presidency. So that's the most I'm going to tell you about the book, but... Um, what happened in my recommending it is that I got uh, a text from General Tata and he said, well, thank you. Someone passed your interview on to me. And I responded. I said, well, how are your worldwide sales going? And he said, you've broken the supply chain. They're having to go into a second printing. And three days ago, I got a text from him saying, that it's now going into a third printing. And it, even he has said, there is a nonfiction story within the story. Well, I haven't read that book. I'll have to check it out. Uh, where do we Definitely. stand on a new election here in 2024? Is there going to be election? Because blue states, which are completely criminal at this point, I mean, they obviously stand against the Constitution of the United States and we the people and the Republic, as far as I can tell, California specifically. They're trying to take Donald J. Trump off the ballot in Colorado and I believe other states. Is there going to be a fair and free election in 2024? Because you know what? People are losing hope so quickly, Dr. Jan, that they don't think a lot of folks on Twitter, a lot of folks in the comment section, they say we're nuts to vote at all because our vote doesn't count. Well, we're all worried about that. We have uh, generals giving interviews saying they don't think that there will be an election. I don't have credible information to say anything definitive. 
But what I do know is that there has to be more truths that need to come out before we get to any election in the future. And I do know that the truths will be coming out. You know, sometimes I joke with my wife, Dr. Jan, that I can't wait for the televised event, which will be the executions of the traitors. I mean, honestly, nothing would buoy my spirits and those of the American public, at least those who care about the Republic, than to have executions or at least trials, tribunals for the traitors. So as we move toward 2024, we continue to hear Donald J. Trump occasionally say, as he refers to the stolen election, he talks about the evidence, mountains of mountains of evidence. And he says, which we'll show you. You'll see it all. When in the world is that going to happen? Is it going to happen before the 2024 election? Well, it has to happen before the 2024 election. And if it doesn't, then my guess is we will not go to a 2024 election. I think there are a couple of things that that need to happen. Uh, I found I I had thought that Sidney Powell was going to bring the Kraken in her lawsuit in Georgia. Yeah, me too. Um, but I always have to say that uh, to myself that there's a reason that that is part of the strategy. But if you think that Donald Trump will not allow this to come out, just keep in mind, uh, we're a byproduct of 1871 and losing our sovereignty. Without going into all of that, the main reason we lost our sovereignty was because of the Treaty of Washington of 1871, which put us under the control of the City of London and the Vatican Bank. The agreement that we had to make was that the U.S. would be the military arm, the City of London, the financial arm, and the Vatican, the bank, because all three, the District of Columbia, the City of London, and the Vatican City are states unto themselves. They are sovereign entities unto themselves. Now, what happened was that within that treaty of 1871, the fact was that although Britain said that they had been neutral during our civil war, they weren't neutral. And so it then had to be uh, litigated in an international court. And that meant we had no sovereignty, but it also meant that every other nation, if it was a problem between two nations, would be resolved in the international court. And that part is really important to keep in mind. It has taken them all of these centuries, decades, 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 leading to centuries to cast their net far and wide. If they have been able to be this patient to implement every bit of turning us into debtors, stealing our soul, taking our sovereignty away, then just because we became more aware of all of this in a very short amount of time, if Trump can be patient and play those chess moves, we have to find that patience in ourselves. Well, I'll tell you what, I noticed the book on your shelf behind you, The Creature from Jekyll Island, written by G. Edward Griffin. I've had him on the show a couple of times, obviously a patriot who's been telling the truth and sounding the alarm for decades about this communist infiltration of our government. And I don't think that it could be more clear at this point that that's what we have, kind of a weather underground style takeover of Washington, D.C. by these demon creatures, all of whom seem to be beholden to the international criminal bankers. You mentioned the city of London. Yes, all wars pretty much are bankster wars, which leads us to what's happening in Israel. What do you make of the fact that Israel, see, the world is watching now. 
So even those who have been woefully underinformed about Gaza being an open air prison with 2 million plus people trapped there, now they're paying attention. People that don't live in the Middle East are paying attention. And it seems to be a real dividing rod between human beings, right? Either have to support Palestine or you have to support Israel. I think the whole thing is disgusting. But Israel is not going to get a pass to just lay waste to Gazans, okay? The penalty for the crimes of whatever happened with those paragliders, whatever the official story is versus reality, let's pre- let's pretend the official story is 100% true. It does not justify extinguishing the lives of two million innocents, Dr. Jan, does it? Well, I watched a documentary recently called The Human Factor. You have to get it on Amazon Prime. You have to pay to rent or buy it. I watched it twice. It is the five diplomat mediators from the time of Arafat and Rabin negotiating for the legitimacy of the Palestinian Liberation Authority. When you hear the actual account from the people who were working so hard to get these two leaders to peace. And there are pictures and there are videos from that time. There was one sticking point and Arafat and Rabin were with Bill Clinton at the White House. Dennis Ross was the primary negotiator, mediator between the two of them. And he had to call them out of the Oval Office. And he said, there's just one sticking point left. The Palestinians want a police station at the Hebron Bridge. Arafat said to Rabin, well, whatever Rabin wants, that's fine with me. And Rabin said, If the Palestinians want a police station at the bridge, they have it. And the videos show you the how the relationship between Rambin and Arafat came together in such a positive way. And then in short order, Rabin was assassinated. Well, then you've got between Netanyahu and Ehud Barak, the two that came in, way before Shimon Peres, neither of them have ever wanted peace. They didn't care about carrying on Rabin's legacy. They didn't care about bringing peace to that part of the world. And so given Netanyahu, how obviously crooked he is, it's been exposed so many times, how does he keep getting reelected or dropped into that. And you know, in one of when uh, Netanyahu first took over as the prime minister of Israel, there was a meeting and it was King Abdullah of Jordan, Arafat, Clinton, the four of them and Dennis Ross sitting around the table and King Abdullah turned to Netanyahu I don't have it verbatim, but he basically said, you are a pompous young little ass who does not know what he's doing and shouldn't be in that position. Clinton, at one point, as negotiations continued at Camp David, had to tell Netanyahu off as well. So this has been going on for a very, very long time. And I keep asking, who is the puppeteer or puppeteers of Netanyahu? Why have they brought this at this time? Because they brought religion into it. And when you bring religion into something, it's not firecrackers, it's dynamite. And they are trying to keep us divided they, if you've read the Rockefeller Technology Report of 2010, 
And Kissinger's been part of that. And I can go on with all the other names uh, of these horrible, crooked eugenicists. They said specifically in there, if we're going to have a new world order and we're going to get people to succumb, we need either a pandemic or a world war. And they have been working towards that. The pandemic failed. Ukraine, Russia did not get us to a third world war. I mean, we've kind of been in a cyber war for quite some time. And now what they did was they knew they could blow up the Middle East. And that's what they're trying to do. And Netanyahu is not going to pull back. No. And, and I actually think that aspects of the cabal have always been controlling him. They need a war. It's the military industrial complex. That is the way that they maintain their power and their control between greed and power. That's all they care about. They were born without a heart. My guest, Nathan Reynolds, would call it a radical, intelligent evil that has gripped these world leaders. And when you mention maybe who's in control above Netanyahu, I always think of the House of Rothschild, right? Going yep. back to the city of London. Let's go yep. back to their 2013 Economist magazine, actually December of 2012, I believe, a special double issue. Oh, thank you so much, House of Rothschild. On the cover, a rough guide to hell outlining the seven deadly sins and all of these captured politicians. And there's the devil himself in charge of the climate change. And right up here, Right below a rough guide to hell, you see Hamas on a paraglider fighting with Netanyahu on a paraglider. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, Doc. You can't. And that that's why it's so important to not just respond to what is happening in the moment, but to have things like that. I mean, that that came out January 2013. That's 10 years ago. Right. And it's not that this information hasn't been shared with us. It's just a question of the minute people get an inkling, then that mainstream media comes in and suppresses it. I mean, David Rockefeller has literally said, we have had the media under our control to do and say what we want them to say. So between the CIA and the Mockingbird media and the cabal, the people that have the money and pull the strings, and they want us to get, they haven't minded that something leaked through, but then what do we have that the CIA did? Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Right. I mean, conspiracy theory rolls off of people's tongues. I ha I have a friend, and uh, honestly, it it's been shocking to me that she doesn't think for herself. I mean, it's it's troubled me dearly. But I even started to say something to her about what my brother passed on to me, and she cut me off, and she said, well, you said he's a conspiracy theorist. I said, no. I said he explores conspiracy theories and has shown that some prove to not be a, a conspiracy theory, but a reality, but immediately would not hear anything. That knee-jerk reaction is exactly what the CIA had brainwashed us so that we would respond that way. Oh. I don't have other information on that. Uh, that sounds a little far-fetched. Okay, I'm just going to negate it. And now I have a great way of negating it. It's a conspiracy theory. That's 100% right. Absolutely. And it was the CIA that coined that phrase after they assassinated, with a little help probably from the Mossad, I'm not sure, but uh, maybe the mafia. But they assassinated John F. Kennedy in broad daylight, and then they introduced that theme. 
conspiracy theory to malign anybody that would dare question the official story that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. And now we know for certain that they did collude. There was a conspiracy to assassinate John F. Kennedy. Right. Okay? So now there is no defense for those who don't have the courage to investigate conspiracies because they're all around us. I'll give you a couple of examples. The rigging of the 2020 election and the implantation of Joe Biden in a coup. That was a conspiracy. How about the climate change conspiracy? Trying to get us out of our automobiles and out of our single family homes to save the earth and pay carbon taxes to bankers. How about what just happened in Israel as the border was wide open for a number of hours, which insiders are saying is impossible. It had to be allowed to happen. How about what happened on 9-11 with World Trade Center 7 collapsing at 525 in the afternoon as the BBC reported about that collapse early with the building still standing behind the reporter, you know, broadcasting live from New York. The conspiracies are all around us. And those of us with the ability to see and think are calling them out. We're damn sick of all of it, Dr. Jan. We are. We are. How about the inauguration? You know, for the inauguration, I I was on um, BBC radio even before the inauguration was supposed to start. And I, on my computer, had Fox geared up because I was going to watch it because I, 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 I don't have a TV. A, why do I need to do that when I can get everything, you know, online? But um, so uh, it started in the UK. And I said, you know what? It hasn't started in the US yet, but go ahead, play it. I can hear it. Five minutes later in the US, the inauguration started. I had been told days before that it was pre-taped. And then, of course, there are different filmmakers that have analyzed it very well. And if it had been a very good producer with a good team, they would have made sure after every cut that the right people were still in the right place. Jill Biden changed her shoes. I've got pictures of that. Uh, Then if you take it back, you know, there were hardly any people there. Why else do you think Donald Trump called out the National Guard? See, people thought it was Nancy Pelosi that had them put up that fence around because they thought that people were going to do something awful to Joe Biden. No, that wasn't it. You know, it's so interesting you'd say that. There is a piece of video shot by one of these videographers, right? Mm-hmm. And he was on the roof of a building with other videographers shooting the White House during that supposed inauguration. And it was a very gloomy day. But then in the official video, it was a beautiful blue sky day. So I do think there are some weird things about that entire inauguration. But consider this. They were inaugurating a puppet. They were inaugurating somebody who is not the rightful winner of the election in a coup. So, of course, anything could go. I mean, I don't even know if the guy's actually the legitimate president. He certainly doesn't behave like one. He behaves like a traitor, which is why the borders are wide open and tens of thousands of military aged men are storming through. I mean, I can't think of any other word to describe his presidency other than treason, treachery. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if it's really him because even when he went over to Israel, did you see the where yes. kind of the mask I was, was gonna ask coming about off? that. There's the whole question of masks. And, you know, a lot of smart people, not even quote unquote conspiracy theorists are pointing that out. And they're saying that looks a lot like those masks that we know the CIA has and has had for more than a decade, two decades. Exactly. You know, I, I had to tell my brother to stop calling himself a conspiracy theorist. I said, you're a a critical thinker who looks at things that are invisible to others. And I think that anyone, we cannot call ourselves conspiracy theorists. We have to actually think that the people who buy in to 
the BS that's fed to them are the ones that are buying the conspiracy. Well, that's 100% right. That's 100% right. There are there still is a large number of people, call them NPCs if you'd like, people that just walk through life and never think about much of anything and pretty much just regurgitate what they hear from the mainstream CIA oh. media. That's the frustrating part. So I always talk about the fact that I believe the Great Awakening is real because more and more and more people on a daily basis, I meet them in bars. I meet them when I work out. I meet them when I travel. They speak the same language now that I do. And I'm finding yes. it very, very uplifting that more and more people can point the finger at the deep state. More and more people can point the finger at Joseph Robinette Biden and say, that guy's not my president. In fact, I'm not even sure he's president at all. He may be the president of the bankrupt USA Corp, but he's That's not my he president. Yeah. Well, tell us more. Well, and, and Sean, he continues to renew all of Donald Trump's executive orders. Can you imagine when the liberals, when that sinks into the liberals, that all Biden has done is reinforced by renewing Donald Trump's executive orders? I mean, we know that that big pile that he was signing, we saw it was all blank pages. Oh, first day in office, 18 executive orders. Yeah, huh? Right. Because they have to keep the facade up. How much longer are they going to be able to keep the facade up? And I guess what I'm driving at is this. As this great awakening takes hold and people, Americans, lose faith in their federal government, I mean, complete and total loss of faith in this government, whose only job, Thomas Jefferson said, is to protect our liberties. This federal government is doing absolutely everything it can to destroy our liberties and our security. How much longer... Can this charade go on? You know, uh, sometimes I point to Ceausescu in, Rom in Romania, that dictator who was still yeah. in power with he and his wretched witch of a wife. They were still in power six hours before there was a coup, a military coup, and they were executed for their crimes. How much longer can this charade go on? Because these people, this administration is literally destroying this country every single day. And red-blooded Americans are damn well fed up. We're a peaceful people, but we are fed up. Well, we're fed up because we're finally opening our eyes to it. And that's, that's important to consider. But there are a lot of people who haven't opened up their eyes. And until, oh, excuse me, until they're personally impacted, and I can't take credit for this thought. I have to give it to Ann Vandersteel. She said to me, Jan, it's going to be financial. When it hits them in their pocketbook, that is when the sleepers will open up their eyes. I kept thinking, as I said earlier, it was going to be uh, Sidney Powell bringing the Kraken. It was going to be the Georgia cases. It, it, no, no. For the sleepers, often referred to as the normies, more and more are going to wake up when it hits them in the pocketbook. And that's starting to happen with young people. Oh, Young people absolutely. are starting to realize because this system is rigged in the Federal Reserve, which G. Edward Griffin talks about in that book, The Formation uh -huh. of the Federal Reserve on Jekyll Island in 1910 and then passed under Woodrow Wilson in 1913. They've stolen the wealth of our progeny. They've stolen the wealth from all of us through inflation, through dollar printing, through their funny money and their central bank fiat printing presses. And young people are starting to wake up finally. And they don't want to pay taxes to this criminal government anymore. They don't want to fund these wars. They don't want a part of any of this, Jan. No, they don't. But they're finally waking up to it. They're finally seeing that they don't have dreams and hopes about the future of owning a home, of creating a family and being able to afford that. When you think about what is being stolen from the young people, and don't worry, you won't own anything, you'll be happy. Excuse me, Klaus Schwab, where are you coming from? Hell, 
living in your mansions with all your money, it, controlling all of the Davos crowd. You know, it, it's it's Take sad. Right back to the Rothschild bloodline. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. It's I was just going to say it's an assault on our sanity and our soul, and the fact that we have been able to with to hold on to our sanity and to cut through it. Anyone, anyone who sees through it, they need to do more than give themselves a pat on the back. They need to appreciate the fact that they're seeing reality. Look, here's the thing. If the liberals and the conservatives, if we all went to Disney World, I mean, I I went to Disney, I, I was raised in LA. I was at Disneyland three, four times a year. My graduation night from midnight to six was there. But Disneyland is not even the size of the parking lot at Disney World. So Disney World is huge. We'd put the liberals and the conservatives. You'd have to find the conservatives. They'd be on Main Street. They'd be in Adventureland. And they'd be in Frontierland. But if you wanted to find the liberals, you'd have to go to Tomorrowland or Fantasyland. And that is how they live. They think, oh, I don't like how it is. This is how it could be. But they don't have a concept of reality. Then our educational system has absolutely destroyed any ability for critical thinking. And so then they think it's self-evident if they feel it. And what when all those safe spaces started opening up, it infuriated me because I had I had a child that was that age and was going to be going to those universities and how how they could deprive these young people of having an ability to deal with adversity and to develop a resilience in dealing with conflicts that come every single day in life and these are people in our university and younger and and other educational systems that are absolutely destroying the soul, the character. They're not giving them the right skills to survive. That's right. And I, I tell some of these young people, you don't have to read the whole book of The Road Less Traveled. Just go into a bookstore, or if, if you can look at it on Amazon, the first line in the book is, life is difficult. Once you get that, then you'll stop with your idealized thinking and you'll stop thinking, well, oh, I don't like how it is. This is how it should be. And I'm going to complain and judge everything else. No, no, life isn't easy. Life is difficult. And we have deprived these young people of those skills because that's what it takes. Oh, everyone gets a trophy. You know, there was a picture that came out recently and it was uh, first place. The young kid was holding the card and was standing on the platform where it said first place. And third place, the kid was jumping up and down. She was just so happy. That said it all to me. Yeah, everyone gets a trophy. That That is also why this younger generation does not think anyone older than than them has any wisdom or experience to offer and that is a tragedy well these schools these colleges look have stripped these young people to a large degree from their ability to critically think and Absolutely. you mentioned the road less traveled it reminds me of the robert frost poem of the same title the same name uh, two roads in a wood diverged, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. These young people today, and I'm not talking about the ones who are waking up to the uh, inflation. I'm talking about the ones that you're talking about, the woke generation, 
the ones that don't understand history, so they're condemned to repeat it. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, as we were talking, we can circle back just real quickly to uh, the founding of the Federal Reserve in 1913. You know, I talk a lot about, and we have in this conversation about conspiracies. You know, I forgot two big ones, one of which was the 1913, or I should say the 1910 meeting on Jekyll Island to form the Federal Reserve, and then passing that in 1913. That was a conspiracy. The other conspiracy is the eugenics conspiracy to create a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine oh. and shoot it into everybody's arms around the world, raising all-cause mortality by 40% in some countries. That is a conspiracy. And so I'm going to tie those two thoughts together by pointing out, and it's the first time I ever realized this and said it publicly, the central bank printing presses and inflation is a form of eugenics. It will prevent these young people from getting married and starting families. It strips yeah. them of their confidence in their home country. It strips them of their future. Inflation in the central bank damn Rothschild printing press is a form of eugenics, Jan. Absolutely. You know, when, when I say they have done everything to destroy our soul and destroy our sanity. One of the things, um, my doctoral dissertation was, uh, I ended up interviewing over 4,000 men and followed 43 men's lives for two years. And uh, it's called Quiet Desperation, The Truth About Successful Men. And I identified the major issues that men go through. And one of the reasons that I took that on as my subject was because in working as a corporate psychologist, men were confiding in me that the norms, the expectations, they weren't working for them. And then this guy, John Malloy, comes out and writes a book for women, Dress for Success, telling us that we need to wear scarves like a tie and we should wear suits all the time and we should be just like men. And so, I felt compelled to carry on the message to women that men aren't fully happy with this and they want to make changes. And men feel like they've been in a straitjacket and they're trying to find a way to break out of that straitjacket. But also within, actually a little prior to that, was this supposed woman's movement and what bothered me most about that, and of course we hear it as masculine toxicity now, why did women to have any form of independence or work in the workplace or whatever, why did men then have to be made bad? Yeah. And it was another way to separate the sexes to create conflicts between us, to destroy, destroy men, to suppress their virility. I mean, I would tell people, men are raised to either compete or they go back and forth and they know how to banter. I mean, there's more to it, but I lived in the business world and I would try to explain this to women, but they also were raised in sports and they know that if they lost this game this Saturday, next Saturday, they put their kit back on and they go out and they fight just as hard. Women, young girls, and thank goodness more and more girls are in sports. Forget about the trans you know, trying to cancel them out, but that women, young girls were never taught that it's okay to lose. And then the next day or the next week, you just go back out and guess what? You could win. And so it is, if we look at all these insidious little ways that they attacked our culture, it was all to destroy any unity in a family, in a person, in a group. And that's what we have to fight against. 
Well, yeah, you're right. It destroyed families and women's desire to create families. I'm talking about the women's movement, right? Gloria Steinem, CIA. Look that up. Right. Oh, I'm so glad you know she was a CIA asset. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all deep state and it's all meant to divide and conquer. It's really that's a form of eugenics, too. Right. To prevent families from forming, prevents children from coming into the world. And uh, it's all part, in my view, it's uh, part and parcel to eugenics. So I guess as we wrap up the conversation, I'll give you the floor to address your critics and uh, look, I'm not into the infighting, but you have become a bit of a, a lightning rod to some extent. Uh, what is your hope for our nation and what is your message to those listening? Uh, for those that want to get active and, you know, be active and see the world as cup half full and try to make a change for the better to take our republic back. What would you say to those people who are listening that don't want to sit on the sidelines and do want to vote in 2024 for the candidate that they think actually cares most about this nation? Oh, that's really loaded, Sean. But uh, just in relation to a comment at our last part of our conversation in eugenics, uh, Henry Kissinger had put a eugenic, a depopulation eugenics plan together for President Carter. He has been very much part of that movement, but he gave an interview for his 100th birthday. And he said, I think we made a mistake bringing all these other cultures in. Yeah, well, thanks, Henry. Thanks. I'm glad at 100 you realize that. But, you know, I don't, I honestly don't like to give hope. And the reason I don't like to give hope is because I don't know literally any more of the who, the when, and the how that anyone else knows. But what I do know is that the most important thing, the most important thing, is that my interview going viral from GB News, what it gave people was that hope, but it gave them the hope that they were seeing things. It actually wasn't hope. It gave them validation yeah. that they were seeing things correctly. Correctly. I agree. And that, if you have that and hold on to that, that is one of the most important things. And the way that I try to give a metaphor to people is that our intuition and our physical reactions to things are always right and always with us. And we can either use our brain to mind F ourselves right. or challenge ourselves or doubt ourselves but if you think that our intuition and our physical reactions to things are like the car the car is put together it's solid it knows how to run and the driver gets in and the driver has to decide am i going to start the car am i going to wash the car am i going to turn right am i going to turn left do i have to put it in gear what do i have to do we have rational capability, but use that rational capability to gather the information. And when I would train um, executives in how to understand their feelings, I would end up saying to them, especially to financial ones, it's like working capital. You know, working capital is on the balance sheet, but it's an intangible, but you know it's there and you know you can use it. You have to trust yourself. Now, do I believe that we're going to have a 2024 election? I don't know the answer to that. I don't. I know that some things need to happen. I know that I have incredible faith in Donald Trump. And the reason I have faith in him is because if you go back over his interviews, go back to 1980, 
when Rona Barrett asked him if he would ever consider giving up his life to run for president. And he said he didn't think that people were ready to hear the truth. Instead, they needed a brainless idiot who would have a smile on his face and tell them what they wanted to hear. Right. And then if you go to his Russert in 1999, when he uh, defected from the Republican Party and was joining the Reform Party, and he was asked if he was going to run, and he said, only if I know I can win. But also within that, it's a 25-minute interview, and his analysis of what was going on in the world shows you his thinking. And that he sees things before other people see them. I Anyone who wants to criticize him for how he behaves or what, you know what? I don't care. He doesn't care. He's not asking you to a dinner party. All he's doing is trying to save the country. So get over your personal judgments and everything else. Because it's ridiculous and it's a waste of their your emotion and your judgment. Because why are you needing to be judgmental and not look at what he has accomplished and can accomplish going forward? Yeah, you know, now, I really agree with you. Here's why I agree, though. I want to just say one thing quick. What you provided sure. folks with here, when you say trust your gut, you know, look at the facts, determine for yourself what the truth is. That provides people the antidote to the gaslighting, which is all they get from Fox News and CNN and the Washington Post and NBC Nightly News with CIA asset Lester Holt. All they get is gaslighting. I mean, literally some of the same people that were gaslighting the American people on a nightly basis, telling them that the new COVID-19 vaccine, which is really a bioweapon, is safe and effective. That's all you heard. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Get your booster. Some of those same people are now telling you don't ever look back at the 2020 election. It was the safest, most secure election in American history. And anybody that questions it is a conspiracy theorist and a nutcase. Some of the same people who told you to take the bioweapon are telling you not to go back and look at that election because it was safe and secure and Biden rightfully got 81 million votes. So I agree with you, Dr. Jan. And people need to say when that happens is, why do you feel a need to negate what I'm telling you and to buy in what someone you don't even know if you can trust has said to you. Have you made that assessment and looked at the information yourself? Throw it back in a question to them and do not ever accept when someone tries to negate. I think that's spot on. Last question. I know we're wrapping this up, but it just popped into my head. I ought to ask you this. So Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, kind of came out of nowhere uh, as we had this process happen and Scalise got shot down, et cetera. And so now we have Mike Johnson, who I don't know very much about, but I understand he's a Christian. And he went hard in the paint after Mayorkas about the way this border is wide open. And he read Mayorkas, the Riot Act, which is long in the tooth. That should have happened a long time ago. But he did it. I think it was brilliant. The only word he didn't use, which I wish he had, maybe I missed it. And the word is treason. I think Mayorkas is guilty of treason. Joe Biden, the entire administration is guilty of crimes against this country. The new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, what are your thoughts on him? And what should Congress do between now and the election to try to save this republic? You know, while this whole speaker thing was going on, um, I published an article, Congress, your jig is up. And I said, not a single one of you is capable of pulling that or organization together. Congress is considered, and that includes the Senate, the most dysfunctional organization within all of the government. But let me let me put it this way. We want to see signs that people are getting it, that justice is going to be served. Because I had also last November put out uh, an article that uh, there was no way McCarthy 
should be the speaker. He's just a duplicitous panderer. One of the reasons, and this is really important, one of the reasons we don't have a wall is that when we had the lockdown during Trump administration, McCarthy and McConnell, the two Mexis, collaborated together to put a sentence in there and force Trump to sign it that gave the power of every town along the border to reject construction of the wall. Now, and I put that in my article and I highlighted a bunch of other things where he's just this duplicitous human being. Now, Trump had said he supported him when he ran for speaker. Okay, fine. We are waiting for people to get their due. Sometimes you have to see how horrible they really are before they get cut off at the knees. And that's what happened to McCarthy. So I take that example. It might not be a tribunal. It might not be all of our Navy ships off the coast of Japan and Australia and here in the UK and the Mediterranean where the tribunals are going on right now. But we will see signs like that. And it is those actualities that you can take for hope and belief we're getting there. And again, let me say it as explicitly as I can. This whole 1871 thing, it, it, it started way before that. It started back in 1066 when William the Conqueror gave the city of London their own charter and the power of those bankers. If they've been working on it that long and Donald Trump only came in in 2016 and the military finally had the right fighter, let's cut out the impatience. And let's look for the signs of progress because we're going to get there. And the last thing I will say is that I know we've thrown around let go and let God, but this whole experience has made me even more appreciative of what that means because I can't control things. I have an incredible faith. People that don't have a faith, there's the Alpha Course that my church here started that's in 120 countries and alpha.org. I highly recommend look it up because it will help you get to faith. But we have to believe that something bigger than ourselves is also going to make things right. Amen. I think those are great words to wrap this up with because I do agree with you. We need a bit of the divine to help pull us back from the brink. And yeah, Absolutely. Prayer, I advocate prayer. I advocate talking to others. I advocate pointing the fingers at the traitors and calling them, using that word, explicitly choosing to use the word traitor for those who have committed treason. Dr. Jan, I just want to pay it forward and show folks how they can find you on Twitter at biz underscore shrink. I want to show people your Substack as well, the Patriot Shrink. Here's the article that uh, Jan referenced, guys. Congress, your jig is up. You can follow her at the Patriot Shrink, drjan.substack.com. Coming back and, to you this air, goodbyes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and on truth, it's real Dr. Jan. Real Dr. Jan. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate that you're out there in the world. I mean, you just really came on the scene really quickly, uh, like a lightning rod. And uh, I appreciate what you're saying because uh, your voice is an important one. And I just wanted to get to know you better and uh, help the audience get to know you better. And uh, we'll continue to stay in touch. It was just an honor because, as I said, you've been my saving grace since November 4th, 2020. So Sean, all the best to you. Keep doing what you're doing because it helps us all. Wow. You know, God bless you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, kind words. And uh, I will say this as we part ways for everybody listening, whether you're on social media or not, whether you have a big reach or not, whether you feel like you have any power or not, 
every time you take an action, especially one that's positive on behalf of humanity, you cause ripples in the pond and you never know who those ripples are going to reach. I had no idea Dr. Jan even knew who I was. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. Thank you. Friends, I want to thank you all for tuning in so very much. I'll remind you every single day for free. We do provide the antidote to corporate propaganda and all of those mockingbird mainstream media lies at sgtreport.com. Head on over there, support us, and we will always try to support you and your family with the real news, the antidote to corporate propaganda. God bless you and yours, friends. Bye-bye. This is their numbers, Pfizer's own data. And then it ended 90 days later. It was the deadliest rollout of the drug ever, ever. 1,223 dead uh, in 10 weeks and 10 times that injured, severe injuries. And then they buried that. Listen, wake up, America. Your federal government doesn't care about your health. They want to kill you and hurt you and injure you and profit off of you. They want nothing more to use you as a slave. And by the way, the healthcare systems are the same.